0: Goal is to my purpose really in my life is to bridge that gap between intention and action yeah to do that for myself and to facilitate that for others as well so if I can act and really live my life the way I want to which is earth-friendly and and, and being
1: sustainable uh, that I think is more important hello guys and welcome to episode 25 of sustainability simplified Your bi-monthly dose of how to seamlessly build an action-oriented, sustainable, and profitable business. We're also now the official podcast of the Sustainability Council Network, an international network of sustainability enthusiasts, professionals, experts, and entrepreneurs registered on sustainabilitycouncil.in. I'm your host, Zitan, and today we'll be getting into conversation with the super young, dynamic, and inspirational Mehendi Shivdasani, who's also known as Conscious Chokri. Welcome Mandy. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you today? Hi Zitin. I'm very well. Let me first say
0: that introduction really uh, boosted my ego though uh, it should, <laughs> I will make sure it doesn't get to my head but thank you. And also congratulations right. on being like associated with um, with the International Council. That's really cool.
1: Very, very thank cool. you so
0: much. Thanks so much. Thanks so much.
1: <laughs> Wonderful. So let's dive in. Are you ready? Let's do
0: it. Let's do it. And I should also say at the top of this, thank you for Thinking uh, that I was worthy enough to have a chat with and for taking the Come time on. and spending your uh, Sunday afternoon with me. I
1: appreciate <laughs> it and I'm excited to spend the next hour or so chatting. Absolutely. Likewise, likewise. Absolutely. You know, it's a pleasure to have you. Great. So um, let's go ahead. Um, sure. So please, please share a little bit about yourself, uh, especially also about your you know, car- career trajectory related to the space of talent development for impact organizations. Mm-hmm.
0: Sure. Um, so I have been a recruiter since, well, officially a recruiter since about 2013. I kind of, um, the, the career kind of just happened to me. It wasn't the original plan in life, but uh, it served <laughs> me well in many ways. I uh, spent a lot of my college years uh, taking that, take my story back a little bit. I spent a lot of my college years uh, re- recruiting for and volunteering with an organization called ISEC. It's basically a forum that facilitates international exchanges for youth and students. And as part of that work, a lot of the the activities I engaged in were linked to recruitment and people development. So a very like early interest in that area developed while I was in college itself. That then led me to being hired by one of our clients and and partner organizations at the time in the role of a recruiter, first as an intern, and then sort of it moved into a full-time role. And I realized that I, I I enjoy this kind of work for the most part. Of course, like every other job, there are certain angles of it that are mundane and, and yeah. you don't want to do it. But for the yeah. most part, I enjoy the process of learning about another person's story and why they do what they do, what kind of, um you know, change or move do they want to make in their career forward and helping facilitate that process is quite interesting. So I started in 2013 um, and I've been a recruiter ever since uh the last four years specifically i worked with a firm called shortlist which basically focuses on recruiting for social impact enterprises non-profits um large foundations lots of startups largely focused on the india and the africa market so it's really over the last four 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 fourish years four and a halfish years that i gained a lot of exposure to that world um and it it all kind of uh blended really well for me because i had always had an interest in the impact space even in college and like really early on in life um and then i kind of fell into recruitment so the last four-ish five years especially have been a good uh space where i've been able to blend and kind of merge my two major interests uh you know people and and recruitment and storytelling to a degree and also wanting to facilitate some kind of social impact and change in my in my own little capacity i obviously can't change the world but through the kind of work that i've been doing i feel like i have impacted some people positively and that's that that's a good feeling um to go to bed with most nights so yeah of
1: course of course that's also why you're here on this show so <laughs> yeah yeah
0: um i think that you know recruitment is kind of one one side to the story and like helping people find the right talent but also helping yeah. youth and even like late or mid-stage career professionals figure out what their skills are, what their stories are and how to match those two. Um, yeah. You know is very interesting and obviously that those are two different sides of the equation and they require like different support and guidance. Um, so yeah whatever I can offer to anyone through this conversation today um, I'm, I'm happy to do so.
1: That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Great. So uh, talking about what you can offer, we have Mm. lots of questions for you (laughs) in that domain. So our listeners can kind of benefit. So let's move on to the next question, which is, you know, from the perspective of youth preparing for a hiring process, you know, specifically Mm. in the impact space, Mm. what would be Mm. your top three pieces of advice for them?
0: Yeah, so when I when I saw this question, um, you know, in prep for this chat, I think I, I actually thought of maybe four things, not three. Is, the, is it That's okay fine. if I... Okay. Absolutely. All fine. right. Um, so I think the first thing that comes to mind is when, whenever someone thinks about doing like work in the impact space, often there's a really rosy picture in one's mind about, you know, how you're going to change the world and it's all going to be so positive and happy. Yeah. But yeah. Um, while that, that side exists, it's also important to know that working in the impact space is tough it's hard because you're up against normally a lot more barriers and a lot more challenges working in that space as compared to working in in a more um, straight and narrow, really conventional um, professional industrial space. So I yeah. think the, the first thing that I, I recommend to anyone, and this is what I, I do even for myself when I'm starting a new job or starting a new project. I really sit down with myself and like figure out why do I want to do what I'm trying to embark on. Yeah. So why does one want to work in the impact space? I think narrowing that down, literally writing in a notebook or on a document, you know, why you want to do what you want to do and articulating that for yourself, I think then helps really, really uh intensely and really positively in the rest of the search for, you know, finding the right opportunity and finding yourself a space where you feel like you're making some change and facilitating impact. So I think narrowing down on your why is super crucial. Yeah. Um, the next kind of piece I would recommend, and it's, this is obvious, but a lot of people tend either not to do it or not to do it very well, which is to just research the organizations that you're interviewing with. Yeah. And that doesn't only kind of go into just studying their website. I think it goes a little bit beyond that. It goes into, if the organization is funded, you know, figuring out who those, who those funders are, yeah. um, figuring out uh, and looking at the leadership of the organization you're looking to join, studying their LinkedIn profiles, their trajectory, their stories. Often these kind of um, data points can help you even create a, a common or um, a, a personal connect with whoever you're, you know, doing your interviews with. And that that always makes a bit of a difference. It, it shows that you've really done your research, you're invested in the process. So I think uh, researching who you're going to work for or who you're hoping to work for, yeah, in terms of the people and the organization itself, super critical. Right. Um, and then I think the, the the next thing is kind of fine tuning your story. I think at the end of the day, whether you're working in in a you know fully profit oriented setup or if you're working in a profit and purpose impact oriented setup or a non profit even, really. Um, All of us at the end of the day, I think are selling and pitching to each other our stories, right? Whether it's an organization looking for funding or whether it's um, an e-commerce company trying to sell you a product. They are trying to weave a bit of a story to you for you to be able to buy into whatever it is that they're pitching or selling. So I think as individuals and also as organizations, but since we're talking about individuals, it's really crucial to... Fine tune what your story is, yeah. and how you're going to pitch your your skills, um, what you bring to the table, how you're going to present your personality. Really package that into you know a two to three minute um, sort of elevator pitch yeah. for for the initial phases of your interview, and also package experiences and stories that you have collected through your experience thus far. If you're if you're someone who's you know really early stage, let's say you're straight out of college trying to prep for an interview look at your previous kind of experiences through college work through whether it's academic or co-curricular work uh and look at you know what are some of the challenges you've navigated how did you navigate that how did you problem solve because people really want to know examples in interviews about how you have dealt with different scenarios because uh ultimately most jobs come down to you know, things like critical thinking, things like problem solving, yeah. things like being organized, project management. So depending on whatever stage in your career you're at, I think looking back at your previous experiences and, and articulating for yourself and therefore the employer, yeah. uh, what those experiences are and pitching that story, I think always makes a difference. Um and then being succinct in, in your communication, being really to the point and, and not talking in circles. As as an interviewer myself for so many years, I think the, the one thing that really gets me and frustrates me often in interviews is people not getting to the point. Um, so on that note, I will I will close what I'm saying and, and pause here and see if you have
1: any follow-up questions. Sure, no, that was absolutely uh, very insightful. And um, I wish like I had heard this A few years ago, (laughs) I would have definitely used it much better. (laughs) Though I would pretty much have the same uh, insight to share now, looking back at you know my uh, nine-year career path. So definitely, yeah, super, super, super useful. useful. Thanks so much.
0: And we we live and we learn, right? That's the other thing I think to to present to your to understand for yourself and to present to potential employers or anyone that you're talking to. That ultimately we're we're all we're all learning as we go. Nobody has all the answers, and that's okay. Um, and knowing that as I think a, uh, even especially for like young early stage professionals like knowing that it's okay to not have all the answers yeah uh, and asking for help I think that's kind of another piece that comes to mind with regards to advice or recommendations right
1: absolutely thanks so much for putting that through yeah. um, and and kind of Thank looking at know. the flip side a little bit from the perspective of let's say mm-hmm. you know entrepreneurial leaders who are hiring yeah is- what should yeah, they yeah. look at you know what are the three pieces of advice maybe for them mm. and i'm obviously um, obviously listening more carefully to this one <laughs> yeah
0: um uh, this was actually trickier for me to think about uh which is kind of odd given that usually i am on on the employer side but when, when i sat down and i thought about it a couple of things I come to mind i think the first thing is when we all start a hiring or a recruitment process where we're, we're we're going into the process often expecting to find the ideal candidate, really finding a unicorn who has all of the skills and all of the experience we're looking for. Uh, but I think it's really crucial to know that no one is perfect and no one is a unicorn, uh, yeah. and identifying really at the early stage of your recruitment process, what are, you know, the, the must have skills that you really want this person to have, and then some of the nice-to-haves, like if they have it, that makes them a, a slightly more appealing candidate. Yeah. But in addition to that, of course, identifying what are the trade-offs you're willing to make. So, for example, if an organization, let's say, is looking to hire someone at a director level, but you find a candidate who maybe is not director level, but maybe associate director level uh, in terms of their experience and what they bring to the table, are you willing to make that trade-off? Are you willing to invest in someone who's, who has most of what you're looking for uh, and is hungry and maybe wants to, you know, grow and is displaying that that desire to grow. Are you willing to make that trade-off to maybe invest a little bit of time in them and and help them get to that point where maybe they're director-level? So I think identifying what trade-offs you're willing and open to make really early on in the process, it helps set more realistic expectations for, for you as the employer. Yeah. And if you're, you know, involving a recruiter or if you have an internal talent acquisition team, it helps set realistic expectations for them as well. Yeah, um, That's kind of the first thing that comes to mind. The other thing I was thinking about was uh, having employers and I think people in general, we, we've got to stop... Um, basing people or judging people off of their their academic or their um, you know previous organization or experience pedigree just because someone has studied at x university in x city uh, that doesn't necessarily imply that they would have all of the smarts or skills you're looking for yeah that that often is 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 a is a telltale sign of maybe someone's background financially to a degree, or someone's, um, you know, probably ability to communicate or be articulate. Yeah. Uh, because that's, that's often what, what one picks up from studying at the slightly higher end, let's say, B schools or, or in universities. Yeah. But just but, but because maybe someone has, let's say, studied in a government school or a government college, or, or, or a university that's not deemed as high end, that doesn't mean you you completely write them off and i think that's where the, the 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 requirement to make that recruitment process really uh even is is important and you do that through assessments you do that through providing all of your candidates irrespective of where they come from and what background they have the same kind of written or verbal assessments so that you're you're leveling the playing field a little bit and you're looking beyond pedigree because pedigree can can take a person only so far ultimately i think it's uh the desire to grow and hunger and the and and having a growth mindset that yeah. really helps a person build their careers and and move up of course. um and that kind of takes to, takes me to to my third point is that i think um you know often re- recruiters employers we get really hung up on wanting to check box our must-haves or our nice to haves in, in a job description yeah uh, and while that 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 is important because it offers direction to your search for your for, you know for the employee you're looking to hire, yeah. I think it's most important to kind of place uh, your bets on a person's cognitive ability, their their, their critical thinking ability, uh, their attitude, and whether they have a growth mindset. I think if a person checks these these boxes, in my opinion, yeah, then then their ability to upskill, their ability to learn, maybe. Um, the skills that you need them to, but maybe they're not the best at, or their ability to bridge any gap, I think, is much higher. Because ultimately, like, a lot of skills are skills that we learn. Most of of them are skills that we learn either on the job or through, like, academic um, exposure or co-curricular exposure. But those are learned things. So I think um, identifying and zeroing zeroing on finding talent who are really hungry and want to learn and want to grow and display the the IQ to be able to engage in in the business or organization you're hiring for that's what I would place most importance on and and invest in people because nobody's born super smart right it's all it's all um, it's all acquired learning most of it yeah some of it is genetic but most of it is, is acquired right. So I think as, as employers it's important to uh, invest in in your people. And be okay with that, and 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 if you're if you're in a position where you're not okay with that, where you want someone to come in and like plug and play, that's also fine. Uh, but but even then, I think realizing that anyone who maybe let's say has been in, a head of HR in X organization, and you want them to be a head of HR in your organization, a lot of the work would probably be similar, but the cultures and the setup of the organizations would be different. Yeah. So even with someone who, on paper, can plug and play into your organization they also will go through a learning curve so i think just investing in your people and knowing that anyone and everyone will have a bit of a learning curve
1: is important i think for any employer absolutely i'll pause there absolutely thanks so much thanks so much for that that was very very helpful uh, and some of those things yes i i do kind of take into consideration as well when i'm also looking out you know mm. for people to join the team etc and um, it's it's very um, it's, it's, uh, it is, it is a harder process. Like I feel like it would be harder for yeah. you to kind of just pinpoint all that and put it down, you know, um, and I completely yeah. get that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's also a learning curve, even for me, like when I'm taking interviews, I'm learning so much. Mm. And uh, yeah. I also feel like uh, IQ is one thing. And then there is EQ also, right? So how do you of look course, at of those aspects as well and yeah. have a holistic thing, which is, you know, those four checkboxes, which you mentioned earlier. So, yeah absolutely
0: yeah. yeah and i think ultimately like looking at people whether it's yeah. you as an employee or you as an employer yeah. or you know whichever side of of the sort of story or the equation you're you're part of yeah i think ultimately considering and realizing that people are um are, are a mix of different things they're a mix of lived experiences, they're a mix of information that they've acquired theoretically, yeah. they're a mix of emotional experiences they've had um, and, and so to consider people as people, uh, you know whole people who've had so many layered um, experiences in life I think is also crucial and and having this empathy and compassion especially in the world we live in right now and you know yeah. have been for, for, for the last two-ish three years. Uh, I think it's important to Absolutely. show yourself compassion and also show others compassion because it's even even as, as as an employer like show yourself compassion because it's it's hard to find the right people to help yeah. build your organization and and um it won't happen overnight of so uh, being kind to yourself I think is just important to to engage in it's an activity and and, and a behavior to engage in I think irrespective of, of where things land with your recruitment
1: Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Totally agree with you on that. Thanks so much for, for those wonderful insights. Thanks. Thank, Thank you. So Great. So uh, shifting, you know, the gears a little bit for the benefit of all our listeners, mm-hmm. just wanted to kind of inform them mm-hmm. that, that mehndi basically runs an inspirational page on Instagram, which is, you know, uh, called as at the rate conscious underscore Chokri. Mm-hmm. Do check her page out. And on that note, tell us a little bit about what kind of a movement are you trying to build there?
0: Movement's a big word. I don't know if I'm building a movement. I feel or, so. Or <laughs> you're far too kind. I appreciate you. <laughs> uh, well, essentially, what what happened is that, like I, you know, said earlier, I, I've always been interested in the impact space. Yeah. And uh, growing up, I engaged in you know beach cleanups and camping was a big part of my life. So I spent a bunch of time in nature, and uh, I, I was always the kind of person who would you know pick up litter from the road. But I realized that there was maybe more that I could do and I wanted to figure out how to do that so in the middle of my career I took a bit of a uh, in my middle of my career so far I took a little bit of a break and I uh, moved to Australia for about two years did a did a course in social entrepreneurship yeah and as part of that I met a bunch of people who were really living these very a normal city convenient lifestyles but were creating little to no waste in their everyday lives mm. and um, you know they were taking on challenges such as buying nothing new for a year yeah, uh, yeah. while at university um, I, I, I worked very closely with the sustainability office and my boss at that office I interned there for a bit uh, she had taken on this challenge of buying nothing new yeah and, and like Two or three months into the challenge she found out that she was pregnant and she still continued with the challenge wow and i was amazed by that and i was super inspired by that uh, and i also realized that i can't just study sustainability and social impact and not have it uh, seep into my actions or my everyday life and i just started questioning a lot of my life so that's where the journey of really trying to figure out how can i live a life that's more aligned where, you know, my values, my intentions, my actions, are all kind of aligned with each other. Yeah. Um, I began questioning that a lot. And uh, that's where the journey to live a more intentional lifestyle kind of started. Uh, and I tried to start reducing the amount of waste that I create. Yeah. I then moved back to India and I realized that uh, there aren't too many people in my friends or family circle, you know, thinking about this actively or talking too much about it. Yeah. Uh, back when i started my page in 2017 okay. there were maybe like 10 people on on the indian internet um that i could see that were talking about this and now of course the scene has exploded a lot yeah but i started the page contest chokri with the goal to document my own journey but also build a bit of a safe space online and offline for people who are interested in this kind of lifestyle or interested in being more earth-friendly environmental friendly um giving them a safe space to you know talk about their challenges, talk about their their wins, their 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 losses, their challenges, big, big and small and everything in between. So Conscious Chokri, um the page is is it's a personal page, but with the goal to if with the goal to kind of show that look if I can live in Bombay City and try and really reduce my waste by about 80%. Yeah. Um then so can you. Yeah. And as an extension of that I then also started a um, a community here in Mumbai called Zero Waste Mumbai. We're about a hundred plus people uh, on mostly a WhatsApp group. And we also do conduct offline meetings, essentially just helping people realize that, you know, you're not alone in your journey and that if you are trying to change your lifestyle, change habits, be more earth friendly, uh, be more human friendly, as well as part of that process, then um, this is a space for you to come and be, be yourself. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's basically stuff that I do beyond
1: recruitment and, and talent acquisition amazing amazing absolutely inspirational and lovely which is which is why the word inspirational keeps coming to me when you know when I talk to you all the time I should talk to you every week Zitin
0: (laughs) (laughs) especially on the days when I'm when I'm feeling not my best or I'm feeling quite low I should make sure that I just like call you up and then you can you can say amazing things to me <laughs> but um, thank you you're very kind <laughs> and i mean what you're doing also is really really inspiring and you know i thank think people looking at business and looking at uh profit and revenue generation from a sustainability uh, earth friendly lens yeah. is just it's so crucial cuz i mean that's what i spent two years studying so i absolutely admire that you're doing it in real time and yeah. that you're uh, taking your knowledge and spreading it to people who are interested because it's a complex subject and topic as well just trying to figure out where do you start you We're know, <laughs> trying to make any change because our systems and our structures economically financially don't really allow it or enable it very much so to figure out how to break away from that or create your own system or structure
1: yeah. is, is hard work so kudos to you <laughs> thanks so much thanks so much amazing so mm-hmm. thanks so much for that uh let's kind of move um you know to the next section and this is mm-hmm. like a surprise section it's a this or that oh. okay <laughs> uh it's... this is a surprise section <laughs> <laughs> i'm just gonna like <laughs> join good. two or three questions and you just gotta choose sure. you know one option or the other um okay so are you ready let me drink some water in preparation (laughs) sure sure no it's not gonna be so tough (laughs) (laughs) i am ready zithin throw throw your questions my way let's see where we land awesome so uh the first one is sydney where you studied and you also worked for a bit or Mm. is it mumbai what would you choose which is where you're born and brought up oh wow can i choose another city (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> um, I mean if I had to choose between these two I'd, I'd say I'd say Mumbai I'd say I can't even actually say Mumbai it doesn't roll off my tongue as well as Bombay so I'll say Bombay yeah sure because that's the city I grew up in Of course. Uh, but if I had to choose another city between like besides these two I would choose Melbourne um, nice. I spent I spent a bunch of time there while I was in Australia and I okay. definitely enjoyed
1: Melbourne more than Sydney actually okay but yeah, Bombay Bombay, Mumbai over over Sydney, I guess. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Wonderful. Great. Next one would be um would it be talent acquisition or the recruitment space, or would it be communications and advocacy? What would you prefer? Wow. <laughs>
0: Uh, the, the way I'm I'm structuring my life right now is is such that talent acquisition and recruitment pays my bills, <laughs> and communications and advocacy services my soul. Okay, but I hope to get to a point where where comms and advocacy and uh, simplifying complex concepts, storytelling yeah. like that that hopefully can pay the bills as well down the line. But right now it's kind of like both.
1: Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> one has to feed the other at the moment. Right, right. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Great. So, um, and this is the last yeah. one, which is, I think they do go mm. quite much hand in hand. But if you had a choice, which one would you choose? Would it be like adv- advocating for sustainability or just practicing sustainability? first? What would you choose? You would practicing it. I mean, uh, people in my
0: circles, professionally, personally will, and that's, that's how it's been. Like if I... Yeah if i really this is what i think my goal in life is and i realized is during the pandemic my goal is to, and my purpose really in my life is to bridge that gap between intention and action yeah to do that for myself and to facilitate that for the others as well so if i can act and really live my life the way i want to which is earth friendly and, and and being sustainable uh, that i think is more important the the communications around it the, the advocacy around it the encouraging others like that will naturally follow okay. and it's happened I've, I've seen people do that i've seen people you know look at me weirdly when i say i compost my waste at home to now people either like having set up compost bins yeah. themselves or yeah. like wanting to to learn how to do it yeah um, that will that 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 um yeah i think action feeds into kind of the the communications or, or
1: advocacy piece absolutely absolutely wonderful uh, that was yeah. that was a fantastic this or that section that that wasn't so hard or maybe yeah, I it don't, wasn't. you you, you, you I'll, I'll let you i'll let you be the judge of of that no it wasn't i told you right up front i mean you didn't even have to have that sip of water just say just kidding <laughs> okay wonderful oh so um So now going, you know, to the concluding section, uh, of course, you've already dropped Mm. a lot of pearls of wisdom, you know, through our conversation, but in case you'd like to share any other Mm. advice with our listeners, now is the time. Any other advice?
0: Uh, I think that ultimately, whatever you're doing in your life, whether, you know, it's working for a for-profit business or a non-profit or whatever it is, I think really identifying... Uh, what your why in life is and and that that will evolve and change yeah. as, as 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 you know you go through experiences your your why why you do what you do at 19 will be very different compared to what 20 what that looks like at 29 or 30 and beyond yeah so I think really like questioning that um, from time to time and and really identifying whether your why kind of aligns with your actions and your values I think that's super crucial and that's an exercise to to revisit and to engage in uh, regularly yeah. um, you know once every six months or once a year because uh, with the experiences that we have in the world today which is pretty intense uh, you know one's views and opinions change quite regularly and I think checking in with yourself and then letting that feed into everything else you do in life is is, is important um, and awesome. I also say that I guess because I'm I'm currently actively doing that so that's what's playing on my mind yeah. but I think uh, that, that that action of reflecting on your life, uh, yeah. is, it's, it, serves, it serves well, is what I've seen for others and for myself as well.
1: So, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Very relatable. And um, I'd probably say the same <laughs> if someone asked me that. <laughs> Just that nobody asks me questions on my own podcast. But yeah, I think I think we should do something like that. We will. Let's we like will. Walk. Yeah,
0: we will flip the tables <laughs> soon enough. We will.
1: We will. The tables will turn. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. So um, lastly, how could
0: our listeners really get in touch, uh, you know, with you if they wish to know more? Sure. I am terrible at checking my DMs on Instagram, (laughs) but I'm trying to get better at it. Uh, If you do want to reach me, reach me at conscious underscore chokri on Instagram or on email, which is consciouschokri at gmail.com. Those are the best places to reach me. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm happy to talk about anything waste related or anything intentional living related. Uh, I think as humans we forget that ultimately we are all connected. Everyone, everything on this planet is connected. Uh, So I'm happy to engage with someone and build and form a connection because it's it's, it's the the foundation for for everything that we do in, in the world. So yeah wonderful
1: wonderful thank you so much Mahendi, for your time uh, i'm pretty thank certain <laughs> i'm pretty certain that uh, this conversation will motivate a lot of people to start and continue their journey in the impact space into sustainable living so. you know like you have so i hope so <laughs> i hope so yeah it's a, it's it's a it's a hard journey uh, yeah. all of it all of what you just described
0: but it's uh, it it, uh, it it challenges oneself and opens one mind one's uh, mind up yeah. which i think uh, personally i find uh, interesting
1: and valuable absolutely yeah i I hope this helps for was listening i am pretty thank you for for putting this together (laughs) thank you so much thanks so much take care yeah bye-bye all right you take care bye-bye bye Bye. thank you so much for listening and if you like this podcast feel free to share it in your network my one takeaway from today's episode was Start and continue with your why. Keep reflecting upon yourself, what your why is, what actions you're taking, and move back to it every few months. I'd love to hear your key takeaway from today. Do share it with me on my so- socials. You'll find me there on at the rate That's at the rate Z-I-T-I-N-M-U-N-S-H-I. If you found this podcast insightful and you're an aspiring entrepreneur or you have an operational business but don't know how to kickstart your sustainable business journey, log on to bit.ly forward slash give life to your idea and start your sustainable business journey today until next time